When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Greetings, Specters. Welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom or robots, and I am here as usual with my wonderful co-host N7, the legend. Welcome back to the show. How's it going, N7? I'm doing very well. I'm, you know, we're we're discussing a topic that has been a long time coming. Um, and like when I say long time, I mean we've been calling everyone specters for forty weeks now, right? Yeah, or shepherds. I've been <laughs> been using that too, but I mean they're kind of synonymous. Let's be let's be honest there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like rectangles and squares. Uh, Not not every specter is a shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. Not every specter is a shepherd. Most shepherds are specters. Yeah, I think so. Unless you really fucked up. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Or you're playing some other game. I mean, there are some other people named Shepherd out there, but that's true. We'll just go with it. Um, But yeah. Yeah. So this is the episode that you may have been waiting for when you're like, are they ever going to cover specters on the Mass Effect lore cast? Isn't that like a, a key ingredient to the lore? Well, you're in luck, friends. We are covering it. It's 40 episodes in and we're finally getting to specters. That's how much other important stuff there is to talk about, by the way. Did you did you happen to realize that the galaxy is a big, deep, important place full of a long long history and lots of other races and stuff well it is if you haven't realized that yet i don't know how you didn't realize that but welcome welcome to the show there's a lot of stuff to talk about yeah we're damn near year in and uh we still have so much to go we have so like i don't even know if we're going to be finished with like original trilogy stuff by the time the next mass effect game comes out dude it's it's kind of good though because it's going to be a while you know we're going to have to have things to talk about until the next game comes out. But I have a feeling as we get closer to the next game, we're going to get more leaks and more trailers. We might actually have to take a break from some of these episodes where we're going back and talking about the lore to have some actual episodes where we're doing things like, you know, breaking down the new trailer and stuff like that. But we're not there yet. We've got a long, a long path until those episodes come out. So for right now, we're still talking about the things that we know from the previous games and from the books and eventually from the TV series, man, there's man, there's going to be this show is going to go on forever. Um, but why don't we go ahead and dig into it? We're talking about Spectres today. Where do we start? So uh, I guess we should start with the fact that Spectre is, of course, not really an acronym, but like a like a pseudonym, because Spectres actually stands for specific tasty cakes and raisinets. Um, I didn't I didn't see this coming. Um Usually I'm the one that takes the the train off the tracks, but we're going to, we're going to Tastyville. We're going to right, Flavortown. We're going straight to Candyland. We're going, um, <laughs> yes. Mm. 
<laughs> I was hungry when I was uh, producing the notes for this show, in <laughs> case you couldn't tell. Um, uh, no, no, it's also uh, synonymous with spectacular tires and really cool shoes. Uh-huh. Both things are for keeping you or your vehicle safe while on the ground. I can see, I can see the similarities there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also wrote a couple more of these here. Uh, species in terrific robes. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So maybe like a clo- like a cloaked Elcor? Yeah, I'm thinking like really fancy Elcor. You know, like... How would an Elcor wear a robe? Uh, it'd be a really big robe. It'd be kind of draped a lot. Would it be a blanket? It'd be like a muumu. <laughs> yeah, it would just be a blanket. With holes in the eyes? Yeah, yeah. It'd all look like, like, like ghosts. It'd be like a ghost. Elcor ghosts. Yeah, it'd be like, it's not even a robe at that point. Inspiring fear. <laughs> Boo. We are fancy ones today. <laughs> That's... With pride. With pride. My exquisite regalia. <laughs> yep. Any more? You got any more good ones? Uh, you know, I have spectacles that tell you to respect me. Mm, that's why I got glasses. Uh, these don't actually have prescriptions. They're just, just transparent. They just, just make glass. me look smarter. Yeah, it's just glass. They just look make me look smarter. Okay, okay. It's 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 actually the Splendid Tic Tacs and Reese's program. Back to Flavortown. We're just yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're bringing it full circle. Yeah, uh, back to Flavortown. No, uh, it's Special Tactics and Reconnaissance. That's the real uh, acronym slash pseudonym slash like phonetic acronym. Is that what you would call it? I I have no idea. I'm just going to say yes. Sounds right. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, they they specialize in clandestine operations, uh, i.e. the dirty work that the council needs done and uh, can't really declare a war over. So which is interesting because, you know, they're a clandestine group who's designed to operate outside official channels. But like we've said, everyone seems to know when there's a specter around. They're not very subtle. Yeah, no, no. It's kind of like when you watch a 007 movie, when you watch a James Bond movie, everybody knows he's freaking James Bond 007. Like he he freaking announces it. I've never understood that from a young age where he's like, I'm James Bond. I'm James everywhere. James Bond. I'm James Bond. 007. James Bond. He's, he just goes around and tells it. It's like, how are you a secret agent when everyone just knows that you're a freaking you're freaking James Bond? Yeah, the name's Bond. Yeah. Like it does. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. The social security number is one eight seven. He just tells them they're like all of his personal identifying information. Right. And even if he didn't like they would just like uh, bartender be be, be wary of anybody who comes to the bar and orders a martini shaken, not stirred. <laughs> All right, boss, I'll keep an eye out for you. You know, like, cool. Now we got, oh, boss, if he, guy came up. He had, he had a funny English accent, posh suit, asked for a martini, shaken, not stirred. You think that's the man we're looking for? Did he pull out a silent pistol? Uh, oh, yeah, boss. That's that's the man. Take Did he out. say his last name first? <laughs> 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 because no one fucking does that. No one does that except for secret agents. Oh, you're right, boss. Should I off him? Absolutely, but carefully. <laughs> By the way, he's going to try to have sex with you. All right. Wait wait until after the casino scene. <laughs> wait until after he has sex with you, then murder him. <laughs> okay. But yeah, how does I mean, how does that even work? Like 
I guess. Well, it's interesting. You're not a you secret bring spy, but okay, go on. Right. It's interesting. You should bring a bond because bond is arguably more a part of a real organization than a specter is because there's not really an organization They're Like the specters aren't really an organization so much as they are like a group of individuals. They're, they're like a loose group of the galaxy's most elite people. So, uh, and they're actually an homage to the league of extraordinary gentlemen. Mm. That's mm. not true. Don't, don't believe that. Mm. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made that up. That's, oh. that's a joke. Oh. Um, so, uh, for everyone listening at home, please disregard that. But they, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna get tell their friends on the internet. Gonna, someone's going to post a Twitter post and say, little known fact, specters are. And then people are going to be like, oh, and then that's just going to get shared on the internet. And it's going to be like one of those things that everyone knows all of a sudden. Oh, right, right. Yeah. It's it's going to become part of the Mass Effect zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, yep. I hope not. Yeah. Like, um, like swimming after you eat a meal. You got to wait 30 minutes. That's not actually true, everybody. By the way, that's not actually true. I don't know where, I don't know who started that rumor. It's not a real thing. Yeah, Tom here is an avid fan of downing a rack of ribs and then <laughs> swimming a it's, lap. It's, it's actually, like, it's not comfortable, but you're not going to drown. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what they call an old wives' tale, right? Yeah, so. oh, totally. There's, and there's tons of that stuff. But this is going to become one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Spectre Connection uh, coined here first on the Mass Effect lore test. So, uh, yeah, they they are a group of extraordinary people um, and they're a group of the best military and intelligence operatives in the galaxy. Uh, But they are not stars of a cheesy film with too many explosions <laughs> no I'm, mm. I'm kidding that's the expendables um i need to stop referencing action flicks that's uh fast and furious yeah that series has gone on arguably too long the but, first uh, after the first one it was it was too long but anyway moving on they are yes they're a group of elite military and intelligence community <laughs> uh people with uh but they're they've been trained during the course of their career to fight and survive with limited resources and sometimes alone uh so it sounds like a natural progression from the n7 program right um that's what it sounded like to me anyway yes uh, and they rarely coordinate amongst each other and it seems like one specter is assigned per mission. So Nihilus, that's why not, that's part of why Nihilus is surprised to run into Saren while on assignment. The mm. other reason is because Nihilus, I don't know if anyone knew this, but Nihilus is heralded as, heralded as being one of the specters, like one of the most famous specters, one of the most respected specters. He's you know, very highly looked up to. He's very highly decorated. Unlike Saren, unlike uh, unlike uh, Below Gurji, he does not have a sketchy uh, you know track record. He's very respectable. Um, and so he, when he runs into Saren on uh, Eden Prime, he's surprised to see him because normally there's only one Specter. You know, the Council assigned me to this. What the hell are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. And then he lowers his guard and then, you know, Saren's a dick <laughs> and he just shoots him right in the back of the head. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny. Um, this this uh, this whole thing that happens with with Saren and Nihilus 
I was just talking to my girlfriend about this not long ago because she just started playing Mass Effect. And she thought, because at the very beginning, she thought that Nihilus was going to be like a, a, a major guy, like oh. a main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense that you would might think, like, you suspect her, right? Right, he should, right. He sounds and, like he's going to be important. We're led to believe that. Um, and then, so she decided like she was having a, like a pretty like awful day and she wasn't feeling well. So she was just being super sassy to not to Nihilus and giving him all the renegade options and fully expecting that at some point she could just, you know, level out and be nice to him. Oh, but no. then he dies on oh. Eden prime. Oh no. Yeah. And she was like, what? Oh, no. I was addicted to him before he died. Oh, now yep. I can't ever apologize. No, yeah, that, that opportunity's gone. Life it's lesson, gone. life lesson, girlfriend. Don't be yep. a dick to me because I might die. <laughs> <laughs> Next time yeah. she says something like, like kind of mean and kind of rude to you, you should just look at her like just blank in the face, just stone cold and just go, you really want that to be the last thing you tell me before I die? And she's I gonna go shut up <laughs> and then she's gonna walk away i could i could die like tonight yeah a, a train could hit our apartment just on the third floor <laughs> just come right through the apartment you never know you really want that to be the last thing that, that i mean that's it just guilt the hell out of her yeah, yeah i know you really want you really want that grumpy statement about handing you that fork to be the last thing that you tell me <laughs> <laughs> Look, yes, I did eat the rest of the cake, um, but, you know, I could die tomorrow. So there's that. You really want that passive aggressive comment about me working out more, promising to work him out more and not not working out today to be the last thing that you say to me? Better, better yet, say mm -hmm. that, but in posted mm -hmm. form. <laughs> Just leave it, leave it on the, on the fridge as a like, you know, please note the last thing you said to me was kind of passive aggressive and, and rude. Please don't let that be the last thing you say before I die. Oh my God, if someone <laughs> said that to me, I would be like, what the hell? Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, about the, about the specters, about the specters and not my relationship, um, their, their missions seem to, to involve anything under the sun. Anything as long as you frame it under the guise of preserving galactic stability. Uh, but they are highly specialized in supposedly they're highly specialized in remaining under the radar uh, and working outside official channels and employing guerrilla tactics. Like military guerrillas, not like actual guerrillas. <laughs> well, it depends on the specter, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. They are left up to their own devices individually. <laughs> I feel like there's no no I've, rule book. I've, we've determined that the best way to manage this moving forward is to pound our chests and throw bananas. Right, exactly. Like there's absolutely no rule book for the specters. When they start, it's not like the council hands them a welcome packet. There's right. nothing. Yeah, that's, it's that's just amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, here's I've, the mission. I feel Do like it. I feel like this is like um, at some level I'm, I'm switching to like serious stuff here. But on some level, when you reach a certain level of competency at your job, you kind of hit this point where you get hired by companies because they just know that you're good at a thing. And then th th that's just kind of it. They're just like. 
yeah, here's the goal, but just go do it. <laughs> right. Like, you know, you've you know, you've made it when they're like, yeah, this is the title we're going to give you. But really, here's the goal. And just whatever you need to do, just like obviously morally and like within, you know, financial bounds, reasons or whatever. But like, just go, do, go do this. Just go do it. <laughs> you know, and that's that, that's kind of where they're at is just like, yeah, we know you guys are capable and you've got our blessing. So just get the freaking job done. We're not going to tell you what to do or we're not going to tell you how to do it. We'll just tell you what needs to be done. And uh, yeah, by the way, you're above the law. So do whatever the fuck you want. Bye. Yeah. And we don't need to know the details. Like, don't tell us the details because then we aren't responsible for the details. Like when someone right. says, hey, did you tell those specters to kill X, Y and Z or do this terrible thing? We can we have the ability to say, no, we didn't tell them to do that. Like the, the government system itself can remain disconnected from that on some level. And then they can hang the, you know, the specter out to dry if they really need to, if the specter goes too far off the rails. Right. Plausible deniability. Right. It's, it's everything. It's like the political opportunity to be like, Hey, you know, this specter killed this many people on this mission. Oh my God, that's terrible. Or did, or did something even worse than that? Like, did you realize that this mission ended up with the death of like, children or you know like a civilian or like something terrible you know or or whatever or doomed this world to a you know wow terrible thing you know and and then vector sullied an elcor temple yeah and and now they all have to wear destroyed their totems then now they have to wear robes and they look like ghosts so <laughs> did you they're, realize they're, they're <laughs> even more depressed than they were now <laughs> they talk even more slowly and nobody wants to talk to them at all because conversations just take forever Nicely done. Nicely done, Spectres. So, yeah, I think that there's like a legitimate, plausible deniability side to that. But then there's also the sometimes it's just more important to get things done and we don't want to know the details. Just go freaking do it. Right. Yeah, it's just it's it's easier if you're dealing with experts that way. Yeah. Yep. So, um. You know, the, like we said last week, the uh, Spectres were a lot like the STG, but they aren't part of any military. Um, and that may be partly because, you know, they, they may sound partly like uh, the STG because many of its first members were also chosen from the ranks of the STG. But they also included Asari Huntresses. Uh, the very first members did. Um, but no, they're, they're really not part of any world's military program. Um, they can simultaneously exist as part of a military program, i.e. Shepard. Shepard mm -hmm. is a specter, but still part of the Alliance, except in Mass Effect 2. It's like it's gray because Shepard died and then came back and is working with a well-known terrorist organization. <laughs> right. it's, it's this it's this whole big thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that gets a little that's I mean, that whole situation is pretty gray. It's convoluted, uh, certainly. And I can't even imagine what other like Alliance personnel would be thinking when Shepard came back. Like, what the hell? Like, not on, not only is he alive, but like, I would honestly think like, is there a clone? Is this the, the clone of Shepard? This isn't Shepard. But, mm -hmm. um, but that's beside the point. That is what Caden thinks on Horizon. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're not really part of any world's military. They are a direct arm of the Citadel council and they've been criticized as being the council's attack dogs, which I can't really knock that criticism because 
to be honest, the council seems to, to just like, like there's missions and then there's favors. Uh-huh. And, and I don't know if the council really draws a, a hard line between the two and says like, and doesn't ask the specters for personal favors because it seems like they blur the line there. Almost like uh, the mafia. Kind yeah. of. You know, it's it's kind of weird. It's almost like the only difference between organized crime and the government is legitimacy. It's it's kind of like that. And depending on who the leadership is, more or less moral reasons for doing things. Um, huh. This podcast sponsored by Rage Against the Machine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Bulls on parade. Yeah, that's my uh, I'm going to do full mouth versions of songs and just record all the parts using mouth sounds staring directly into the camera. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be me. Would you guys Without watch that? Should, maybe should I do that? Should, can I do that? Just like, would that be a thing? You, never mind. Um, OK, OK. So, but yeah, they, they're above the law. Uh, that's uh, that was the roundabout way of saying that. Um, and the, the specters are allowed to use any means necessary they deem uh, to complete their mission. So the motto for the specters is mission first, no matter the cost. Um, you know, if the if the STG or the CIA, if CSEC is the nitty gritty police force from New York, the specters have historically used tactics much more fitting of something like the KGB. Yeah. Which is not what we thought we'd find ourselves in. Yeah. And we've talked about this on previous episodes, this idea of like when when the person on your side is like, I will do it no matter the cost. It sounds heroic. But when they're on the other side and they're like, I will do the thing, I will get it done no matter the cost. That sounds villainous. I think the key difference there is where's the sacrifice coming from is yeah. it self-sacrifice or are you signing up others lives to be sacrificed right right like no matter the, my the cost that comes to me then yeah that sounds heroic like i will give anything personally in order to get this done okay that's that sounds heroic but like i will get it done no matter the cost meaning like no amount of human life will be <laughs> will keep me from getting this done no amount of damage no amount of you know like nobody will stop me like that sounds villainous and right this is kind of in that gray zone because they have the ability to kind of make that call depending on what they need to get done yeah they they have legal immunity um they're allowed to do whatever the fuck they want i mean like i've dropped the f-bomb a couple times this episode but there's a reason for that and the, the reason is because the specters really like their authority supersedes everything mm-hmm. like and and that would be personally intimidating right like everyone knows that you're a specter and everyone treats you with that level of reverence when you see them in the game right unless you're dealing with a seriously bad dude but the reason is it's not just that they like have this ultimate respect for the council it's because imagine you meet someone who's one of the most uh, well-trained military and or intelligence operative people in the galaxy, and they could murder you for any reason and get away with it in yeah. plain, like in right. front of everyone. Right, right, right. And the council will back them up. Like right. multiple nations from multiple races in the galaxy will will have your have their back. 
and we'll say like they were there was a legitimate reason they must have done it for some some legitimate reason they'll sweep it under the rug yeah so it's like yeah right this way sir <laughs> yeah yeah man that's that's i mean you would think more people would be nervous when the specters show up and uh, sometimes yeah. they are but sometimes they're very just like just kind of cool with it ah so you're a specter yeah nonchalant but very it nonchalant. starts to make sense why people on Novaria, like the business guys, were all like super, like, what the fuck is the Spectre doing here? Right, right. You know? Yeah, sometimes that does happen, but uh, and and it's the times it doesn't. Those are the times where I'm just like, do people not understand the gravity of this? Like, those are the times in the game where I'm a little bit more like, why isn't this hitting people's radar harder? And right, you know that that always seemed a little bit odd to me. I kind of expected there to be more gravitas to, oh, you're Commander Shepard. You're a Spectre. Whatever you need, anything you need. Like, but like people tend to give him a hard time. Like how many times do do, do they like, like open face lie to him or like, you know, like misdirect him. Oh, well, you're just gonna have to go talk to so-and-so. I'm too busy right now. Like that kind of crap. And it's like, this dude could blow your face off right now. For no other reason than you just didn't give him the information he needed, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, like, I don't think you understand who you're messing with. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to you, Nissan Adantius, uh, in Mass Effect 1, trying to lie to Shepard to get Shepard to go kill your sister who's involved in some really sketchy, you know, like illegal operations Mm -hmm. and, and you're framing it like, you know, Oh my gosh, my sister has been kidnapped by pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these things, some of these missions play out more like a, like a star Trek episode. And they do a like legitimately like this dude is a specter. Like, do you realize what that means? Kind of thing. Also probably don't ask him to go get your groceries yeah right right yeah. yeah but you know that's a that's a quest mechanic that's in so many different games like you know people ask the same thing of the dovahkiins so it's true it's true it's, yeah and, and, um, yeah what i think will be interesting is when we get the tv show if we get something with and i keep using the word gravitas but something with a little bit more gravitas especially if we have specters in the show which I, i'm assuming we will i don't know that we're going to get shepherd's story i hope we don't and we can talk about this on a whole other, you know, as we get closer and closer to more details about this. But I would be surprised if we don't get specters showing up or information about them or you know, like. I would think that they would be like seen as these rare instances. And when they do show up, everybody's like on absolute high alert. Oh, yeah, they command respect. Absolutely. Like, this is like one of the most important things that happened, and it, it never happens. And think about all the planets, all the locations that they could go. There's only a handful of them. And when they just happen to come to our place on this planet, this planet has, you know, 40 billion people on it. You know, and it's one of like, you know, f- you know, 50 billion planets in the galaxy. And they chose to come here because there's something going on here. Okay, everybody better be on their best behavior and like everyone's going to talk about this for the rest of their lives. That day the specter showed up. So put it, I think we can put it this way to like illustrate the gravitas of it. 
I don't know about you all, but like if I'm working in my office and then I see a bunch of cop cars outside, I'm like a little excited, like, oh, what's going on? Right. You right. know, right. Yeah. There's, so there's a little bit of intrigue there. Now, right. if I see an FBI van pull up, mm-hmm. I am way more interested. Right. Uh, but that's just the FBI. That's right. not like like the specters are so much higher and above the FBI and more elite than the FBI that if you saw a specter or you knew a specter was around your office conducting some operation, you'd be like, why the hell is, is a specter here? Right. And if you're, if your office is the only office in the building, so you saw that car out front and you knew they were in the building somewhere, which is like your company you work for, or you saw them come through the front door. Think about how much more heightened that would be. You know, like if the police show up at work and they come through the front door, everyone's like, oh, the, the police are here. And even if even when you didn't do it, you're just sitting at work. Nothing. You didn't do anything. You're, you know, nobody's in trouble. But everyone's just like, oh, the police are here. Something's going on. Everyone just all of a sudden starts being a little bit like, OK, on edge. What's going on? Word. You know, and like you said, if if an FBI agent were to stop at the front door and show his badge and say, hey, I need to talk to the manager about something like everyone would be like, whoa. And everyone would talk about the time the FBI agent showed up at work, right? This like a specter shows up and walks around your office. Like that's a rare thing. That's like, that's like a president or a Senator showing up and walking around your office. Everyone would be like, Holy crap. Why are they here? What is going on? Yeah. You go home and tell your wife, I met a specter today. Yeah. They'd be like, really? What, what was it like? Yeah. You know, like think about all the questions you would tell everybody you knew. The next conversation you have with all of your friends the next time you saw them would be, guess who guess who came to our office to the other day? You know, even if nothing happened. And right. I tried to talk to him and he, he just said I should go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was a total dick. And he had like this uh, male shepherd voice. <laughs> um, but um, we'll tell you what we need to we need to take a break for the mid mid part of the show. And then we'll be back because we've got some more specific details to go into about the specters. So uh, sounds like a good time. Ready to do that. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, let's do it. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. We've got a few things to hit and we'll try to get through them real quick. This is the part where we get to thank our patrons, including our brand new patron, Gamer Whirl. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for signing up. And um, we're just going to say thank you to all of our patrons, including Pipe Man and Sovereign, who are our Shepherd tier patrons and all 46 of our other patrons. Thank you to everybody for supporting the show. You guys help Sam and I do this every week and make it a a regular commitment, something that we keep to and keep on putting out there. So thank you to everybody. And if we've helped you get through your workday, your commute to work, your workout, or taking your dog to the vet because they're getting old and they got these little bumps on them and then you got to take them to the vet and the vet's like, oh, yeah, that one's got to come off. And you're like, ah, crap. And now it's going to cost you like almost $600 to take that. I mean, if you're listening to podcasts while doing that, it's kind of weird. But if you've done that recently, then go to patreon.com slash Mass Effect slash Mass Effect. almost that sounded weird in my brain. Mass Effect Lorecast and check out all the different tiers where you could join us for future episodes of the show or get T-shirts custom made special t-shirts that only go out to our patrons or even the low tiers get things like ad free episodes and all sorts of other cool stuff. So go check that out. And, um, we've got a new review that came in. Yes, that was very specific extreme terror. But if that happened to you, 
then maybe it's your time to go check out the Patreon, see if you want to sign up. Uh, we have a brand new review that came in on Apple Podcasts from Spartan1521 in the United States who wrote, Best Mass Effect Podcast to Date. Five stars. I don't have people to geek out with me about Mass Effect. Dude, this is why I started podcasting. This is exactly the reason is because all the people I work with and most of my close friends were just not into the games I was into. Um, They go on and say, but hearing these two dive into the lore and history of the series gets me very excited knowing there's people who love the series as much as I do. Comparisons are on point. The small tangents are either super funny. They think we're funny. That's awesome. I'm kind of biased about that, but yeah, that's that's great though, because um, sometimes we're really dumb uh, or related to the topic, and they try to look at topics through different lenses for better understanding. Their passion for the game and its history are unmatched. However, I think the friendship and casual flow of the conversation between Tom and Sam is a real charm of the show. Truly caring and kind people who care about this universe. I'm very thankful for this show, man. That's such a nice review. Thank you so much, Spartan. Um, if you would like to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, then we will read it out. All you have to do is leave a five-star rating with some words. We'll read it out on a future episode of the show. Thank you again so much for everyone who takes the time to do that. And a reminder, you can't leave reviews yet with words, but on Spotify, you can leave us a five-star rating. Just make sure you go to the show setting, not the individual episode setting, and scroll to the top. Look below the name of the show in the description. On the top left, you'll see a little section where you can choose the number of stars. And that really does help because it helps make sure that Spotify knows that it's a good show. And then Spotify recommends it to other people who might be interested in listening to the show. So it really does help us get it out there. So... Thank you to everybody who takes the time to do that. Um, we also have some some news. This is this is pretty big news. Uh, if you've you heard the the short run show we did, the Xbox Game Pass show, Sam and I were doing. We're fans of the Xbox Game Pass. We're both. I'm still a subscriber. I like to try out all the new games when they come out. And the uh, Mass Effect games one, two, and three, and Andromeda. Right? Has Andromeda been on there? I believe Andromeda has been on Game yeah. Pass for a while. Yeah, um, are all on Game Pass, but now Legendary Edition is on Game Pass for Xbox and PC. So if you haven't, if you're one of the, I don't know, 10 people on the planet who haven't picked up Legendary Edition yet, and you decide to get Game Pass or you already have it, you can now play the Legendary Edition on Game Pass, which is freaking amazing because the upgrade is totally worth it. It's really, really cool. So that's awesome. Um, Anything else we want to call out? Sam? Uh, well, yeah, um, I have my own announcement for the show here. Uh, and this goes out to everyone who's listening. Uh, we are looking for science minded experts, people who work in the scientific community to talk about things like astrophysics of mass effect, you know, the FTL, the mass relays, etc. all of these different really cool heavy science uh aspects of the science fiction genre that are in the game we want to talk to people who might be able to comment on that uh i want to be able to ask someone how sound is the science behind these concepts from the game could these things ever happen and i think that a lot of our listeners would be interested to hear from people who are highly educated in these fields uh, to be able to comment on that and say, you know, this thing uh, might be right around the corner. We are surprisingly close to unlocking the secrets of blank or something like that, or maybe not. Who knows? Um, so if you work in that field or if you know someone who does, please send us an email at mass effect lorecast at gmail.com. Yes, please let us know. 
and uh, we'll reach out to them or, you know, stalk them in the night until they return our calls and pester them and pester them. But uh, that's the that's it for the mid break. And thank you again to all of our patrons. You guys are the best. We are going to move on with the rest of the show. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. So uh, one one other thing that I just want to throw here in the middle. The Expanse, speaking about space stuff, ended this last weekend. The last episode of The Expanse, season six, final episode, came out on Friday. And I've mentioned it on the show before. This is the best sci-fi show that has ever existed. It is it is freaking the best. And if you have not watched The Expanse, it's on Amazon right now. Go watch it. Go watch it now. It's freaking amazing. It is the best. Season one is probably the best. I I have a hard time picking favorites, but it's probably my favorite TV show ever. I'm just going to leave that there. Maybe, maybe second favorite, but maybe favorite. It's really good. You know, I've seen uh, a number of people that are prominent in the Mass Effect community mm-hmm. have been saying this now on Twitter. You know, holy crap. The Expanse is the Mass Effect TV show. It is phenomenal. And talking about like science and the physics of stuff and how things move in space and all of that, that stuff. And the idea of like what happens when human beings come across something that they don't understand. And what does that do to human society and our governments and all that stuff makes your head explode. If you're into that concept and that part of Mass Effect, go freaking watch The Expanse. I'm just like, you have to watch it. The first season is so good. The first and second season, and they don't hold your hand. They just show you stuff and you have to piece it together. And it takes a little while to get the pieces together in your brain, but eventually you will figure it out and you'll start to put the piece together. Who is this? Who is this? What's going on here? Who are these people? Who are these people? And it will all start to make sense. And everything in space is about as as physically and scientifically accurate as you can get. It is it is so freaking. I, I want to do a, an expanse show, but now the show's done. But I just want to talk about the expanse. Anyway, let's go talk about specters. Okay, so back to specters. So, how many specters are there? What do we know about this? Right. Well, we did say they are an elite group, so there's not that many. Um, the, and we, most of their records, almost all of their records are sealed. So we really don't know to be exact. Mm. Um, the only entity that has access to the specters records are of course the specters themselves. Uh, but I don't think they can access other people's records and the council. Um, but the Alliance has estimates. Of course they do. I think every intelligence community probably has estimates on how powerful the specters are really, because theoretically the council could wield them against any one homeworld. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the Alliance estimates put it at, at a fewer than 100. That's what Alliance intelligence suggests. So it's a very small group, less than a hundred uh, individuals in the specters. If the Alliance is correct. Uh, very, very small group, very elite group. We're talking like, you know, this is only, you know, uh, dozens more than what the league of one. Yeah. That's, it's really not that much when you think about it. A hundred people. I mean, you could fit them all in a, a small room, right? You could yeah. have a conference yeah. of specters, right? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> they might know, they might all know each other, but unfortunately for us, we don't know all of them. Uh, but we've met a few in the series and even one retired Turi inspector in Andromeda named Avidus Ricks. And of course we don't, we do know that almost all of the specters and, and by the way, interesting that someone is a retired specter. Mm-hmm. Like how many specters you seen with gray hair, boy, like, like probably not. Yeah. Many. Yeah. You can't, I, I can't imagine that the lifespan for these guys is particularly long with the kinds of kind of work they do. No, the insurance policy has to be enormous. Um, right. I don't, I don't even know who would benefit from that insurance policy. Like the, the close loved ones, maybe, you know, like I feel parents. like none of the specters have close loved ones. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, yeah, it seems like the kind of work you get into because you don't have connections like personal connections. Right. I have nothing left to live for. So let's do this. Yeah, right. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but we do know that that almost all the specters are chosen from council member races. Uh, and I say almost because in Mass Effect one, humans aren't yet part of the council by the time that Shepard is selected. So it is almost exclusively from council member races. Mm-hmm. In theory, the law allows specters to come from any race. But specters must be nominated to the council by their spe- by their species ambassador, uh, and technically the specters are are only chosen and selected by the council. But as in Shepard's case, Shepard was like, you know, here he is. He was given to the council by by humanity's ambassador because humanity really wanted a specter or a human in the ranks of spectorship. Right. Um, so, and then they're evaluated for membership. So politically, that's not really how this plays out uh, about, you know, any race can have a specter. Politically, that's not how this plays out. In practice, most Arturian, Asari, and now a couple of humans. I say a couple and I say now because I'm assuming that we are talking post Mass Effect 3. Mm-hmm. And in Mass Effect 3, depending on who you chose, the survivor, uh, the Caden the or Ashley, they, are, they become a specter in Mass Effect 3. Um, but it depends on your choices, right? So now a couple of humans too. And maybe this is partly why we don't see any Elcor or Vola specters because they don't have a seat at the council. So who's going to, who's going to advocate for them to join the specters? Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor Elcor and Volus. There is a fictional Elcor specter who is actually Blasto's partner. <laughs> Boobin. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. This sounds me- it sounds made up. I mean, it is made up. I mean, all of this is made up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, it's all fucking fiction. But this is <laughs> this is fiction within fiction. Um, Double so, fiction. 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 Exception. Fiction. Fiction. Exception. Fiction. Exception. Try to say that five times fast. Um, yeah, but yeah. So Blasto, of course, the running gag from game to game in Mass Effect <laughs> of being the zany, multi-gun wielding, you know, Hanar Spectre. Um, I'm sorry to say that that is fiction within the Mass Effect universe and <laughs> and Blasto isn't really a Spectre. Uh, so we won't be talking too much about Blasto this episode. We will be, go- we will be covering running gags at some point. And I feel like that's going to be its own episode. Uh, but jokes aside, 
it could be that we don't see many Hanar, we don't see many Elcor or any Volus specters because the council chooses specters from militaries and law enforcement agencies. And some races depend upon others for those roles. So before we ever saw a Hanar specter, I think it would be far more likely that we could see a Drell specter. And that itself is going to be a rarity because there mm-hmm. are so few Drell. Uh, and the Hanar, of course, outsource those kinds of uh, up close and personal combat roles to the Drell. But there's a very limited number of them. So, um, so most specters seem to come from state militaries, but also from CSEC, which has a similar selection process. Um, you know, acceptance into both is vulnerable to, uh, I want to say corruption, but that's not the word, you know, the, the word that I'm looking for when I mean, when it's, when, what happens is those in power end up appointing their friends or political allies, mm-hmm. then they're just doling out favors. I can't think of the word right now, but basically the acceptance into CSEC, the acceptance into the specters, it's vulnerable to both. Like both of them are vulnerable to that kind of right. uh, corruption. Right. Right. And, and, and that also means that ne- nepotism sort of nepotism. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't mm-hmm. think of that word. Um, but that also means that if you're on your own species, bad side, if you don't get along with your own species, current government, if your political beliefs are dissident with that and you make that known, uh, I doubt that you're going to get that kind of opportunity. You know, I, I doubt yeah. that you're going to ever see the specters. Garrus yeah. comes to mind yeah. because he, he famously says he's not that good of a Turian uh, because he just, he wants to get the job done his way, which is ironic because that's what specters do. Right. Right. So, okay. So they're, they're chosen. They're kind of um, volunteered even by the governments or organizations they're part of. But once they're put in the program, is there like training for them? Like, how does that work? You know, there's not. Um, They are evaluated sometimes for years at a time before they're admitted into the specters, but there's no training. Um, So the whole philosophy behind that, the whole philosophy behind the, the specter program is that they've already proven themselves. So their recognition is based on the history of their superior abilities not their aptitude to learn more or do more. So it's almost like more like when I, when I was reading this in the lore, it almost seemed like it was more of just an achievement than it was an actual job. Um, but it's almost like you get to this level of achievement and then it's like, yay, you won the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can do whatever you want now. Yeah. You get the merit badge. Good job. Boy Scout. Exactly. Like, you dodge the bullet, Neo. <laughs> You're the one. Um, <laughs> the candidates for the specters typically have years and years of military or law enforcement experience before the, they're ever even thought of. Um, and kind of the, the application process is not like applying to Wendy's. Uh, it involves background checks. It involves psych evals. It involves a long, long, long period of time of being um, evaluated in the field, which, by the way, Nihilus was supposed to be doing with Shepard. Uh, that's the whole reason why Nihilus was there. Mm-hmm. Nihilus was there to, to evaluate Shepard in the field and probably for a long time. I don't think Shepard was going to be admitted into the Spectres at any time soon. It was going to take a long time, which 
I wonder, actually, now that I say this, I wonder, do they speed up that process for Solarians? Because life, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like four years to a Solarian is far more than four years to an Asari. I would assume, I would assume they would take things like that into consideration because some of the races, I mean, we've talked about this before. Some of the races even process information at different speeds because of the way their lifespans work, the way their minds work, things like that. So I would assume so. Right. The Asari, are they like Asari huntresses? Are they evaluated in the field for a hundred years? Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm sure there's probably a limit to like the, the long lived ones, but especially the short lived ones, like I would think and combat roles. Yeah. Right. Like combat roles all, all always have, smaller life expectancies Mm -hmm. so i wonder how they would kind of structure that but regardless it's a long period of time that they're evaluated for uh by an experienced or under an experienced mentor Uh, and of course that would be nihilist so that probably says something about what the council believed of shepherd's abilities that they would send such a decorated specter to evaluate him you typically don't send the best person in their job to go be a teacher right Right. I hate the phrase, those who can do, those who can't teach. I fucking hate that phrase. Uh But in practice, like when you're not a teacher, when you're not, when that's literally not your job, if you're the best at what you do, chances are you're not going to be stuck training the new guy at work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to take the best to to go teach. But, but they may take the best that are now on their way to retirement. Yes, that's true. Who knows? Nihilus may have been on his way to retirement. Um, He may have just been trying to coast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who, you know, uh, um, there's a lot of people who move from say, uh, and this happens in science. So we were talking, we're talking to my son about like, you know, he's in middle school now moving on to like trying to get into, you know, higher level programs through middle school and high school in order to get like college credit and those kinds of keeping his mind on this stuff because he's starting to realize like, oh, when I do these like higher level classes, I'm actually in classes with better teachers and kids who actually want to be there to learn and they're actually more fun and like all of that stuff that kids don't readily understand until they experience it because they think it's just like a harder class. Um, So he's starting to pick up on that. But one of the concepts is that like you often get teachers who spend years in the field working like, you know, uh, in science or something who now just want to teach because they don't want to do the thing anymore. It doesn't mean they're bad at the thing. In fact, they probably are awesome at the thing, but they just kind of just don't want to do the the business corporate world thing anymore. And they'd rather just teach for a few years before they retire, you know, and you get people like that who are 100 percent capable. They're just they're just kind of done with, you know, in in this case, like a specter being the tip of the spear, you know, getting out there, putting themselves on the line. They're ready to kind of step back, teach somebody else how to do that. And I, I could see that being a situation in this, but That's I could also I see, do. I could also see like, oh yeah, Jerry, the specter just didn't turn out as good as we thought he would. Why don't we just have him teach? You know, like that could happen as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could totally happen. Um, but you know, that's, I, I've, I've said it, uh, to, you know, my loved ones and my friends before that that's what I want to do when I'm like retired. Like, I don't know if I want to ever retire per se and until I'm very, very old. Uh, but I, you know, when I'm, when I'm done with my career, I, I just want to teach. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I yeah. can see there that there's a lot of value in that and a lot of enjoyment for 
somebody who, you know, is still looking to be active and do things, but not necessarily do the same thing they used to do. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so, so yeah, about the specters and not about our own careers and retirement. Um, but you know, I also, I also found, uh, this little tidbit is really interesting. So you remember how we said that there's no command structure. This isn't part of a military. There's no accountability to any military rank in and of itself within the specters. And in fact, it's, it's, it's shady even for a shepherd. Well, funny enough, it seems that this also means that there's no paycheck. Mm -hmm. Specters don't seem to get paid by the council for their work. Think about that. It seems like like it, there's got to be a way to thank them for their work, right? Like, what the hell are they getting? Like, where are they getting the money? Right. One. Yeah. Where do they get the money Two, what? Like, usually your paycheck is kind of your thanks for doing this. Right. Like, yeah, we hope you don't starve. Yeah. Like, not only do you need to survive, but also like, oh, or your bonuses like, hey, killer job putting down that rebellion here's some more money because what else are they going to give you you know yeah a, a firmer yeah. handshake like what you know like here's another medal on your jacket right like what no, else no has, one will know about what else has value in those kinds of scenarios like now we're i promise i'll be your best friend you know like that only works on the playground when you're in kindergarten like I <laughs> right right there's it doesn't really matter because like the prestige that would come from being a specter, it's like, no one knows what the hell you did because all your records are sealed. So right. you can't even brag about exposure. Yeah. They can't even say, Oh, now we're going to let everyone know what you did. So at least now you're famous. Like they can't even do that. Right. I don't think Saren was getting Nike deals. Um, I don't think they can use their likeness for sponsorships. However, However, uh -huh. Shepard certainly does. And <laughs> Shepard gives out his, his sponsorship left and right to stores on the Citadel and even this podcast. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so it's a brand new it's a brand new world out there with Shepard. Yeah, Shepard Shepard doesn't give a shit. Um, but, you know, so they don't get a paycheck and the Spectres are expected to be financially independent so they have to have a side gig <laughs> yeah so um, how, how are they expected to have time to do this full-time unless they're also funded by like their own government or something so that's what i'm thinking so yeah. i'm thinking that their own governments are paying them because they're also acting as an ambassador mm -hmm. um sorry if you hear that in the background i don't i don't know what it's, that it's is a, a dog or something it sounds like yeah someone's pounding against a wall next door or something oh, okay. i don't know but yeah um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they're, they're expected to be financially independent and Morton even jokes about this saying that when he was part of the STG, they quote, didn't have to buy their own weapons. Yeah. So, well. <laughs> Thanks, so this is a, this is of course, this is just the creative way that they wrote into the game that the player having to pay for you and your squads uh, armor and weapons. This is. They weren't just going to hand you everything, right? Right. Well, so, we, we need we need some sort of economy system. We need something for the players to save up their money for to buy. Otherwise, it'll be really boring if we just give them all right. the equipment right off the right off the bat. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I see a, a question in chat: Do they still get their military paychecks? 
uh, for Shepard, this is true. We know this for Shepard because Shepard gets the Alliance paycheck in Mass Effect 3. Um, however, Shepard doesn't get any paycheck in Mass Effect 1. And Shepard gets a Cerberus paycheck in Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. So it's it's dependent upon game mechanics. <laughs> like, I guess that's the answer, but we don't know what the answer is for other Spectres. I'm guessing... I'm guessing their own government compensates them, but the paycheck thing, it has interesting lore implications if we take it seriously, because it would also facilitate privately wealthy people becoming more likely. They're, they're more likely to become specters. Right. Right. Because they can afford not getting a paycheck. Right. Yeah. Cause if you were to say like, Hey, we want to nominate you for specter and you couldn't afford to do it, you'd have to turn it down. Right. And there, there's actually only been two people in the thousand years of the specter ship that have ever turned it, turned it down. And that's because they turned it down to become a sorry matriarchs. So interesting. You bring that up. Um, I just learned that today actually. Yeah. Uh, so, and maybe this is another reason, you know, why we, why we couldn't see a quarry inspector because they're notoriously not loaded with cash. <laughs> and they almost certainly could not spare their own ship, their own crew, their own armor, their own, you know, yada, yada, yada. They couldn't spare that because the, the Korean military doesn't go on expeditions. You know, they have a scout flotilla, mm-hmm. uh, but everything is designed to protect the fleet. So you don't, you don't have Korean expeditionary forces that are going out into other parts of the galaxy to like, you know, fight wars on in the terminus. Yeah, it doesn't really happen. Hmm. Um, there's just not enough of them. Um, but it also brings up a good point about the wealth gap being absent from most Mass Effect conversations. I brought this up in a previous episode with you about the Citadel and about the very poor people living in the depths of the Citadel and, yeah. and kind of like that that we never get to see. But this brings up this aspect about the wealth gap being an absent topic, and yet it's prevalent. So, um, I, you know, I've been kind of bantering a lot. We're, we're kind of moving close to the end of the show, but I know we've got a, a few things still to cover here, but so I want to make sure we, we definitely hit these things. Um, specifically, what do we know about when the Spectres started? It had something to do with the Krogan rebellion. Yeah, that's right. They, they were this, the Spectres were founded in 693 of the current era, just as the Krogan were expanding and the rebellions were starting. And they intended to provide direct protection to the council. So this is kind of interesting. So of course they were founded to be, um, to be like a clandestine monitoring body, Mm -hmm. um, and remain in the shadows, that kind of thing. But I didn't know that they were intended to provide direct protection for the council. Whereas the STG are really only their mandate is only to the Salarians. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense why the council would, found the specters especially after getting attacked by the krogan warlord in the council chambers so it makes sense they found this body they're like uh we'd rather not die yeah it's almost like the secret service like the original founding of the secret service wasn't what it is now it was more specifically i don't know but yeah i I get what you're saying but yeah the the secret service is now an intelligence body so yeah that i think that's a good parallel um and, you know, when the Krogan finally did rebel, the Spectres used guerrilla tactics, like I mentioned earlier, but they also used computer viruses and they sabotaged Krogan infrastructure 
to slow them down. And that's before the Turians even joined the conflict. Hmm. So interesting thing to note there. That means that there were no Turians in the Spectres at that time. It was just Salarians and Asari Huntresses. Hmm. So, and then the Turians joined the conflict. So they probably founded the Spectres and allowed them to get away with a lot out of necessity. They were desperate. They were losing this war, you know, and they were afraid of the Krogan. So they're like, do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense to me, you know, that they would relinquish that level of authority to a very select body of incredibly trained killers because they had no other choice. Um, so I, I, th- I found that to be very interesting when I was researching this, it totally makes sense. It, it, you know, I think any, any race that was put in the same predicament would probably create some type of black ops organization with just as much, you know, plausible deniability and CD, you know, actions. Um, and in fact, maybe that's why they chose Bilo Gurji for the first one, because if we remember Bilo Gurji was accused of doing these horrible things to accomplish his mission. And instead of being punished, he was inducted as the first specter. Mm, right. <laughs> so he was rewarded almost. Um, and in fact, uh, it wasn't until after the Krogan rebellions that the public even began to know that the specters exist. Like after the Krogan rebellions, that's when the council made their role public. So when we consider why are there no Krogan specters, this has got to be why. It was an arm of the council's defense formed specifically to combat the Krogan. Right, right. So the council would be too scared to confirm one. And my question is, would the Krogan even want to? Yeah, it it doesn't. The two things are just in opposition right from the beginning. Yeah, from the very beginning, I don't even know if the Krogan would want to join to become a specter um, because it's a symbol of oppression for them at the very at the, at the very like most idealistic it's a symbol of oppression right or mistrust or you know any of those things i could see all of that being absolutely a a krogan joining that rank would definitely be shunned by their own community so Mm -hmm. um and you know earlier how we said they're above the law well that doesn't just mean that they're incapable that, that, that doesn't mean that they are incapable of being penalized because that's not true we know from the games that after Saren is finally exposed with Tally's help, the council strips him of his specter status, which effectively tells the rest of the galaxy's law enforcement agencies, Hey, <laughs> this is one bad hombre and you should not just let him do whatever he wants because he does not have the legal immunity anymore. He's just a murderer. It's, yeah, he's, he's not a terrible dude. Don't trust he's not a guy. special murderer anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> his murdering is bad murder this is bad murder now (laughs) this is bad murder now ad quote um (laughs) we we also know in mass effect 2 that this is not true because the council gives shepherd a hard time and threatens to revoke uh shepherd's specter status forever not just because shepherd was dead but mm-hmm. because Shepard is now working with Cerberus, like we said, a proven terror organization and human supremacy group. And I think that the council is already more primed to want to go to, you know, bat at Shepard for having worked with this human supremacist group because they're already paranoid about human supremacy. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe with good reason. So mm. it would make sense that this would be a, a sticking point uh, for them. And it seems that specters are normally stripped of their perks and legal immunity once they are declared dead. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it would make sense. You you're dead. So therefore we don't expect you to be doing things anymore. But do their records become available once they're dead? I bet they don't. Mm, I bet they don't. I bet. I bet. Absolutely not. Because they're going to keep all of that stuff buttoned up and kept away from the public. Yeah. So yeah, um, they're, they're not. So uh, what what famous stuff have the specters actually done other than quelling rebellions? I mean, what other things do we know about? So this is just it, really, you know, because their records are largely sealed and they're supposed to be these backroom problem solvers, as the codex puts it. We really don't know much about most of their actions, um, you know, but we do know about Saren's shady past. I mean, past before even Mass Effect one. We know about Saren's shady past because he was one of the subjects of the novel Mass Effect Revelation, uh, which I'm not going to spoil too heavily until we get into episodes about him and Anderson specifically. Mm -hmm. We are eventually going to do those, you know, individual character episodes. But the long story short is that Saren was tasked with tracking down an illegal weapons exchange and stumble. And he stumbles upon this conspiracy involving Anderson, uh, Kali Sanders and humans developing AI. Um, and of course, we all know of the famous actions of one uh, specter in particular, which is Commander Shepard. Right. Um, I'm not about to list the entire plot of Aspect <laughs> 1 through 3. <laughs> right. I, well, I'm not, I'm, let's I'm not start do that. at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, let me just back up a sec and yeah. run through all three games for you. Right. This episode will be 120 hours long. Hold on. Here we go. Buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to do that, I suggest playing the games. Um, <laughs> so we don't we don't know too much about the famous actions of the specters uh, aside from commander shepherd aside from one kind of not well-known incident with john Bao and the hanar guy who was going to forsake his entire race in mass effect 3 i would not say that's famous um we don't know too much they may be indeed or they may indeed be behind some of the galaxy's most well-known events you know in fact i'm pretty sure that they were involved in the genophage deployment it would make sense timeline wise. Uh, it just, it would make so much sense if they were, yeah. uh, but I think that there's a high likelihood that they will be a mainstay in any future games in any future media that, that we brought up like the TV shows moving forward. I would, I would be surprised if there weren't specters and I would not be surprised if the player, if the next player character is a specter. I think they're probably going to continue with that kind of thing. Like every player character is a specter because it doesn't limit anything. You can be a different race. You could be a human with any kind of background, but it's a framework. It's a lens through which to already perceive the game. Right. Right. And it gives you a, almost an unspoken goal. You already right. have a mandate right from the beginning. Yeah, preserve galactic stability right. at any cost. At any cost. And that could be Renegade. It could be Paragon at any cost. Right. You, but it you, allows you to be least, good or bad. But you at least have a goal. You know, that goal is set. The way you handle that goal, like we mentioned at the beginning, is up to you. 
And that's from the beginning. What these games have been about is your choice at how you handle that goal. It's yeah, it's not it's not changing your goal. Your goal never changes. It's how you manage that goal. And that's where the that's where the ethical developments come from. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. So that's Spectres. Um, I would, it would be interesting to see where this goes. I'm, you know, I'm excited to see both the, the television show, the, uh, the next game, how they handle specters moving forward past mass effect three in the timeline. How does that affect things? Um, I also think that it would be really cool to see some things kind of break new ground in the lore, you know, like what if we do get a Krogan specter? What happens there? Like, there's always going to be a first time for things. And that's when things get gets get exciting. You know, like the first Krogan Spectre and he does get shunned and you have to deal with that, you know, or like or they have to deal with that. And you meet them and they're they're a character in the game, you know, like that kind of stuff showing up in future games would be really cool. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and I think that um, the specters provide that structure that's necessary to be able to have a compelling plot. Um, of course, I think that the goal uh, in Andromeda, the player's objective, was a little bit looser to find, and I think the game may have suffered for that reason. I know people would push back on me for that because they'd say, "Well, the Pathfinder is supposed to, you know, find a new home for humanity." Mm-hmm. But what does that what does that mean? You know, like what does that mean? And why is right. the game that's supposed to be all about exploration? Why is it so clinically depressing? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And and why does it only feature so many worlds? You know, when you're supposed to be exploring, like there's there's limitations around that. So um, yeah. Well, thanks for everybody for tuning in on this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And we've got some very special stuff coming up. In two weeks is our patron episode. So if you've been wanting to sign up to join us by the end of this month. You've got time to sign up before the 30th. And next week, Sam, what do we have? We have a very special episode. Yes, we do. We have a very special episode coming, uh, which you and I are going to interview two experts from our community on the music of Mass Effect. So we're going to be talking about the scores that made us cry, that made us, you know, uh, just moved like I'm, Number one, of course, that comes to mind for a lot of people is leaving Earth in Mass Effect 3. You know, when you're leaving, when you're leaving Earth and you see the child and all that, all that jazz. Uh, yeah, that's the number one that comes to mind. I got a lot of my own questions. I'm sure you get a lot of your own questions. Yeah. And these are two very, very smart people, very smart musicians from our own lore cast community that I can't wait to uh, to pick their brain. Yes. So stay tuned for that next week. We'll be, uh, of course, streaming that live Sunday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on all of the different Robots Radio channels. I now multi-stream everywhere. So whether you want to watch on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or Trollo, I think is the name of the other one. I even started using that because why not? But wherever you want to watch, you can watch it. And of course, if you can't catch it live, you can always listen on the audio version or check out the video version up on the Mass Effect Lorecast YouTube channel. It has its own YouTube channel now. And um, you know what, guys? I would love for you to go just drop us a sub on the Mass Effect Lorecast YouTube channel. Help us hit that thousand sub mark to help us get monetized and all that stuff because YouTube's going to drop ads in no matter what. So 
it would be nice if they kicked us back some of the money for those ads because that would be pretty nice. You can't, you can't like that's that announcement came out about a year ago. They're like, yeah, we're going to start running ads on everything, whether you're monetized or not. So it'd be like, well, all right, well, maybe you can actually let us have some of that money. So we would, we would love to help getting up to that thousand sub mark. That would be amazing. So thank you again to everybody for tuning in to all of our patrons. You guys have been awesome. Sam, you have anything you want to share before we head out? Um, you know, I've got a, got a new camera set up, got a new ring light. I've yet again been working steadily on improving the quality of my streams. So, and I'm streaming Mass Effect, uh, both Mass Effect 1, my first Femship playthrough, and Mass Effect Andromeda, where I've created a complete abomination that is <laughs> very, very, very tough to look at. Not sure if you've you seen. Have. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Milf Rider is a, is a hell of a Pathfinder and um, probably a fan favorite by now. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in any of that, if you're interested in seeing me play, and occasionally I'll just play other games for fun and, and stream those too, like the sims making a complete disaster there uh follow me on twitch at n7 the legend i'm also on twitter uh instagram you name it at n7 the legend that's awesome i have an old video on my youtube i think it's still in the archive somewhere uh if you guys really want to go see something ridiculous about the sims where i created a character named fatty mcbutterpants <laughs> in, the, in the sims and he dresses <laughs> up like darth vader <laughs> <laughs> I think the video is still in there somewhere. If you dig around in the archives, you'll find some pretty terrible stuff in my old videos that are still sitting there on public. Um, but yeah, if you want to go do that, you can go check out the Robots Radio YouTube where I also stream and of course the other platforms that I already mentioned. But that's what's going on. We've got the new updated website at robotsradio.net and a bunch of shows that you can check out. And um, yeah, just go check that, that stuff out. And you know what? I'm going to start calling out other shows at the end of each episode that you should pay attention to on the Robots Radio Network, including shows like, mm, let's just pick one here. You guys into Destiny? Do you like Destiny? That's space stuff. Well, the Destiny show is part of the Robots Radio pod, uh, podcast network. And uh, there's a big expansion coming out. The uh, What is it like? The Witch Queen expansion coming out in February? I'm going to be jumping up back into Destiny 2. And we have a Destiny clan. I don't know if you guys knew this on the Robots Radio Discord. So if uh, if you're into that stuff, go check out the, the Destiny show podcast and play some Destiny with us. Um, but that's what we got for this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week and I will be streaming every day this week, either podcasts and on the nights that we don't have podcasts, playing some video games with the community, uh, including Skyrim with my mom on Tuesday nights, which is absolutely hilarious because she makes all the decisions and reacts to everything and it's hilarious. So uh, thank you everybody. We'll see you guys next time until next week. Stay safe out there in the galaxy and uh, don't trust a shady specter just because they say they're a specter because they might be doing bad murder. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.